apologies again for another late BM pod, but we're filming something very imminently. So these eps are going up a little bit later. Because our life is in chaos. Yes. Well, when is it not? But it's like even more than usual. Yeah. Yeah. We're this, this thing that we crowdfunded last year, we're about to start filming. So uh, just bear with us for a couple of weeks. <laughs> we're going to get your eps, but we may just get them a little bit later than planned. What yes. happened last week? Why didn't we do it last? What happened Friday? Uh, Pedantony invited us. No, that was the week before. London. Yeah. Oh, this. Well, why we didn't last week? Because we have had every day taken up with either my parents. <laughs> yeah, un unplanned emergencies, uh-huh. or just preparing for. Yes, that's the. It's the unplanned emergencies and what are putting the pressure on the fact that we are trying to make a basically a tv show uh and my parents yeah literally ringing up every two seconds going yeah the out my wheelchair that's that was the joke she had that, yeah <laughs> that she ha- a, a she's not in a wheel well she is sometimes well, she can sometimes when she goes out. uh that sounds really hard yeah that sounds it? mean you, you- <laughs> that's not what happened <laughs> <laughs> it has been relentless uh for I don't know, 18 months, two years. Um, anyway, uh, that that aside, my constant anxiety waiting for the phone to call for the next emergency aside, we have now finished marbles, but we haven't finished marbles because this week we're doing a marbles post bag. We are we're at the first marbles post bag. Yeah. I have to say as well, we might have to do, we've got quite a few emails that are about like, when we did the fish episodes and when an hour before it's dark came out and stuff like that. So I might have to put them in a separate document and do a bonus ep with those ones. All right. But we'll see. Possibly. We'll see if it warrants it. We'll see if the emails warrant it. Because okay, I mean we're pushing it already we're pushing it already with two two weeks of marbles. Yeah, back. I mean I think a couple in this week's one aren't about marbles. Oh. Just warning you. Surprising. So those of you who don't like Lennus episodes suck it up see you again in two weeks <laughs> <laughs> um i like the letters episodes because sometimes they bring out stuff to talk about that yeah we, i do that we haven't yeah. thought of ourselves. They, they do just go on a bit and it you know they just sometimes our letters do go on a bit we know that long-term listeners to this podcast know that that are i our think this week like most of the letters are very Pretty much all of the letters are quite concise. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's the first. So, yeah. Before we get on to the letters. you're going to do a prog podcast, oh. you're going to get prog-length letters. Yeah. Uh, before we get on to the letters, I just want to say, it feels, um, after the, now, you know, hour before it's dark's out, that the band are in the sort of process of, Living doing, it up in Florida. Well, okay, living it up in Florida. At Lucky the them. We wish we and were there. The process of doing Meridian Weekends, it it suddenly feels like things are gone a little bit quiet in Meridian land. But they're busy. They're tr- they're touring. No, I know. Well, no. What? Well, it's not so much that. There's just there's not going to be any news, is it? Because it's it's the set list aren't going to change for the Meridian Weekends. Yeah. We haven't got a new album on the horizon that we we've been working towards pretty much or looking forward to ever since we started this podcast it it suddenly feels like oh oh this is a weird new era it's that weird it's that weird in between stage after 
an album's just come out, yeah. and, but it's too early for them to be working on a new album yet. And it's like that weird limbo, yeah, isn't it? We went, uh, we we went for breakfast yesterday at a little cafe. Oh yeah, uh, we did near at us. our park cafe, our, our, our local park. It's very lovely. It's we so sat, cute. It's new. We sat out on the their new decking that they've got out the back, and the guy said, "Oh, here." He gave us a, I don't know, a, it's a weird remote phone thing. Deezer. I don't know what He's, that is. Yeah, he said it's connected to Deezer. Deezer, I believe, is a music app. Uh, and, yeah, he said you can put on whatever music you want. So it's great. We sat out having our breakfast listening to an hour before it's dark. It was so <laughs> nice with an actual nice view in front of us of yeah, the park. It was lovely. I'm still listening to it. I still love it. Yeah, it was nice hearing it on big speakers outside and and uh, we left before the album was finished so people who came to the cafe after yeah. us and sat on the decking would have enjoyed the album what, this is how we spread the word people yeah. what i thought was interesting is you could also see what other people had searched for oh really uh, i didn't know that what did they search for and prior to Ricky Martin. prior to me searching for marillion an hour before it's dark someone had searched for the wurzels you don't know who they are, but uh, I have seen the Wurzels live, believe it or not, when I was a kid. I went with my parents. We were on holiday in, in Dorset, and we went to see the Wurzels live. Like Wurzel Gummidge? Uh, well. <laughs> but, but lots of them. No. Well, more or less. They're basically, their their whole shtick, it was like, they. I guess they were, I don't even know if they were a comedy band, because they used to sing quite sincerely about farming and they used to talk like this and their big their big hit was i've got a brand new combine harvester oh i know that i've song. got a brand new combine harvester oh, I, <laughs> I don't like that song <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know why anyway so you kind of went from on this playlist the worst also <laughs> with i've got a brand new combine harvester to be hard on yourself oh, wow. <laughs> that was nuts Anyway, uh, enough of the Wurzels. Oh, you've got a brand new combine harvester. Yeah. It starts with the letter C. You actually said they sing quite sincerely about farming. <laughs> well, uh, How does that work? Okay, not so much just, just farming, but rural matters. <laughs> I don't know what their what was that. I mean, I guess hits. you can sing a sad song about a drought or no, not okay, no, any more like, tax subsidy. They they sing they sing about cider cider. Well, that's well. not going to be a sincere uh, song, is it? They were, they had a song called "Up the Clump." I don't know what oh, that God. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cider drinker. That was another one of theirs. I mean, again, is uh, that a sincere song? <laughs> Captain of the Dredger. Uh, Farmer Bill's Cowman, uh, <laughs> the tractor song. <laughs> I'll never get a scrumpy here. You don't get drunk on Saturday. Uh, Do you? That's what that says. Uh, the coughing song. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> AKA COVID. Albert's, fun, Albert's funny farm. Um, yeah, none of these come across as being sincere songs. Wurzel rap. Uh, Make hay, not war. Um, you know what? They should support fish. He loves farming and <laughs> his garden. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, speaking of fish. Yeah. I saw one of our mates posted something in our. Oh, are we talking Facebook about his group? burst hemorrhoid? Yeah. Yeah. I. What uh, happened? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, okay. Look, sorry, everyone. This is this is this is what happens when we don't have a you know a topic. To well, we do have to. a topic. We've got the letters. The letters. Um, yeah, on his uh, the clutching of straws live album, which comes with the DVD. It's very cheap. It's like fourteen ninety nine, which you get the live album and the DVD. Oh well. Wow. Uh, we're talking about fish, by the way, in this week's bonus episode. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, the DVD apparently. Uh, I haven't watched it. We haven't watched it. I've listened to the album, uh, but but apparently, yeah, he bursts bursts a blood vessel in one of his hemorrhoids, and it's like visibly bleeds through the back of his trousers. Oh no! Did he say "ow" or anything, or acknowledge it in any way? Uh, well, I don't know. I haven't watched it. Oh right. But I mean, you know, not even fish can put out a, a live DVD without like, like <laughs> some lit- sort of medical yeah, without literally shitting blood. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh my goodness um, anyway oh that's so fish that's so fish letters yeah let us let us, let us begin the letters let us continue uh, so first letter do you want to do it it's from yeah. our, our good friend Kester Roper the hangman you yeah that's you don't it. remember why he was called that because of rope because of rope rope in Roper yeah he's a, yeah that's right rope it's because of rope He's called that. Yeah. Because of rope. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Hangman says, sorry, the Hangman says, I'll keep it fairly brief. Marbles is ace. We all know that. Best Marillion packaging too. I love those massive Marbles pictures. Musically, I'll just mention Ocean Cloud. Marillion have always loved a long song, increasingly so it seems. But for me, Ocean Cloud is their best long song. The cut-and-paste nature of their songwriting leads to some of them feeling a bit aimless and disjointed to my ears. However, in Ocean Cloud, the music and lyrics are in complete synthesis throughout. Despite all the musical changes, it always feels like the same song and leads the listener on a beautiful journey. Fab. Keep up the great work. Kester, P.S. I'm not much of a fan of Fisher's solo career, although I've caught him live a few times, but I really enjoyed the Fish solo episodes. Really informative. Oh, well, Kester, you would have loved us mentioning Fish bleeding from his arse. <laughs> I don't want to hear what you or what comes out of your fishes. I'm sorry? What it's are you going a, it's on a about? review of the podcast. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that gentleman likes the podcast now. But he doesn't want to hear what's, what comes out of Fisher's bum. No, it was your bum that he didn't want to know. Okay, let's not talk about hmm. me. Who brought that up? I know, but I was talking about fish. Who brought it up? Well, I regret it. Okay. Uh, I was never going to mention it again, and yet. Yeah. Um, like that's ever going to happen. I want to do an app on the, the long songs. And the, yeah, the, we should. The cut and paste thing. Yes. Uh, because, I, aside from the fact I totally agree that Ocean Cloud absolutely hangs together as one long suite and always feels like the same song. Um, I've seen a few people on the Meridian Forum literally this morning, funny enough, talking about the levers and how they don't or think it is a good example of, uh, you know, or bad example rather of cut and paste. And I know our friend Nick isn't a big fan because he feels it sort of meanders in places. Mm. Uh, but I really love the levers, so I just, I don't know, I think it's worth discussing. It's worth discussing, yeah. I've, we might have some differing opinions on the subject. You and I? Yeah. Why? 
We just might. Let's wait till those episodes to find out. There's a fly Maybe in as here. As a mystery. No, there's a fly in here. I can hear it. No flies on me. I think that's a, f- a plane overhead. I nearly said a flame. No, it was a fly or a bee. It's gone now. <laughs> I don't know how it could go. The, the, the windows were It was were outside closed. the window. I could hear it through the window. Oh, supersonic hearing. That's me. That's what I'm known for. All right, our next letter is from Sven in Sweden. <laughs> it's not funny, but uh, Sven, he hasn't given me much to go on in terms of a a, a name. Sven, what more do you will want? I, will I be famous? <laughs> I can't answer that. I can't answer that. This is about John Arnold, so it's not even about marbles. Sven says, hi there. Hi there. Thanks for your informative and entertaining podcast. I'm sorry. Can you, <laughs> oh, no. Could you repeat that, please, in a in a, an intelligible way? Thanks for your informative and entertaining podcast. I am a new listener. Well, well doesn't he doesn't say welcome? What what is wrong with me today? <laughs> you drunk? Yeah. No, you're bro. We've switched brains. Listening to the John Arneson episode, I remember one observation I made right before a Meridian concert of the season's end tour. We were a few hours early at the venue, and as always at these times, we were stood before the door of the Biscuit Hall. Oh, it's called the Biscuit Hall in Bonn. That's a cool uh, name. When, I want to visit the Biscuit Hall. When we, me and a friend of mine, watched John Arneson tearing up a fish concert poster from the wall in the foyer. <gasps> it was an announcement of a fish gig sometime later. In your podcast, John A. came across very friendly and polite. Okay, this Meridian thing is long ago now for him, but I guess at these times they were all very nasty. Greetings from Germany, Sven. Oh, Sven from Germany, not Sven from Sweden. Oh, so it was you that wrote Sven from Sweden. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why. I thought he came from Sweden. Because his name's Sven. Oh, (laughs) wow. Sven from Sweden. It sounds good though, Sven from Sweden. Maybe, maybe Sven. Maybe Sven. Maybe, maybe you Sweden. can move. Maybe you can move to Sweden. <laughs> Just so that Sanya, oh, so that Sanya's title that she's given mistake. this letter. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when we interviewed him, he said he'd just spoken to fish, if you remember. And who knows what really went on behind the scenes? How much bad blood there actually is? Well, there wasn't a lot of good blood. Was there what I mean, at, ha- at the time of the breakup? How much water has gone under the bridge and how much is left unforgiven? Oh, that, yeah. In that, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, you know, but, we, yeah. we, we've heard a few things on the grapevine that perhaps not all wounds have healed, haven't we? Have we? I haven't. I haven't, no. Not in a circle like I am. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but outwardly, of course, everyone plays nice, don't they? yeah. Yeah. Do they? Yeah, I suppose they do. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why I said that. Well, I don't you know, know why I said that. Except when people write autobiographies that, <laughs> that upset former lead singers. And then former lead singers uh, write yeah. Facebook posts. Threatened revenge. Which is never going to happen. No, he's never going to get that book written. Anyway, let's move on. It's for, it's Daddy G, our friend Daddy G. Daddy, Daddy Paul, G. Paul G, aka Daddy. He just signs his emails now, Daddy G. That's his name. Okay. Is it, who's reading me? It's your turn. All right, Daddy G here with my thoughts on the masterpiece. That is Marillion's Marbles album. I will keep it short, as you no doubt have many positive letters about it. 
In a nutshell, it has to be the finest double album ever made. There have been many classic double albums like Exile on Main Street by The Stones, The Wall by Pink Floyd, The Beatles' White Album. Who did that one, Sonia? Griff- uh, the Beatles? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of it. I, oh my go, god! Uh, I was trying to think of something funny to say, and thought it would be funny to say the truth. The truth that it is that <laughs> it is made by the Beatles. Yeah. That's the truth. Um, physical gra- graffiti by Led Zeppelin and many others of that time too, but they all have flaws on those albums. Marbles does not. <clears throat> Drilling holes. Um, I like drilling holes. I thought you didn't like Don't Hurt Yourself more than you didn't like drilling holes. I don't, but I'd happily have them both off the album. I was astonished in 2004 when I first played it to hear just how good it was. There are no individual poor songs on it, and in my opinion. Some have said that the four small parts of Marbles 1 to 4 are unnecessary, but I think they fit the album perfectly like a glove. Oh, would not do without those. I love them. Even though, you know, they're very slight, I like that they're there. They're there. They add they add um, embellishment to the album. Correct. <laughs> also, perhaps Drilling Holes is not quite up to the quality of the rest of the songs. <laughs> but I can think of a few Marillion songs far worse, like Most Toys, Cathedral Walls, Cathedral Wall. And why did you laugh at that? Because you said it plural. We're both, we're a mess today. (laughs) Just a mess in general. Cathedral walls, singular. (laughs) You said, you still added an S. (laughs) Cathedral walls, singular. singular. That doesn't make sense. Cathedral wall and holidays in Eden. This album made Marillion great again. And I'm sure every longtime fan at the time would agree. They have made five very good albums since Marbles. Just heard the new one literally yesterday for the first time. But I think they are... This was written a while ago, by the way. But I think they are unlikely to surpass it now. Favourites on Marbles have to be Ocean Cloud, Angelina, and the incredible closing track, Neverland. But I can listen to it all without wanting to press the skip button. It would be interesting to hear from any fan of the pod who writes in and should criticise it. I would imagine no one will because such is the album's greatness. But you never know. Some of us Marillion fans are very judgmental <laughs> on the band's work. Not least on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, Daddy G. Um, talking of uh, most toys, because I've started listening to Somewhere Else in preparation for our Somewhere Else episodes. Yes. I listened to it the other day and I quite enjoyed it. You enjoyed Moist, most toys. Moist toys, yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, hello. Um, <laughs> just skip okay, over that. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> oing, oing. <laughs> you enjoyed most toys. Yeah, I know. What's going I on? I don't know. Next you'll be listening to Holidays in Eden but just this, for fun. But this is the surprising thing of going, of doing this, of doing this podcast. And, you know, I'm giving away. Look, by the time we get around to doing somewhere else. You'll hate most toys again. I might hate it again, but I listened to it the other day. And I actually, How can you like most toys? I actually thought that maybe this isn't as bad as I thought. Oh. I, I, I had it on really loud. You're deluded at the moment. Or maybe, yeah, maybe you have to 
listen to it really loud so that it deafens you and you can't hear it. Don't be silly. I laugh if I I grow to love it by the time we talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. That would be weird. You won't won't love it. I wouldn't say I loved it. Oh, okay. Mm. Next one is from, I can't remember what we gave him as a nickname, Juan Juan Zambrano. Zambrano. What did we, we did give him a nickname, Juan Cornetto. Juan 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 Cornetto, give it to me, He's delicious ice cream from Italy. He's not Italian. <laughs> no, but his name is Juan, and I'm saying I'm seeing the Juan Cornetto song. Juan Cornetto. It was an old advert. Where Not all of us lived in the UK, Paul. Yeah, well, <laughs> your loss is your you game. You missed out on some cool adverts. <laughs> we had better adverts in Australia, didn't we, Australians? I can't remember any Cornetto yeah. ads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was an Australian replying. <laughs> real, yeah, mate. That was a real Australian replying. Wow, death stare from my wife, my Australian wife. Um. Yeah, are you gonna sing? Do you want to sing the caramello or do the caramello koala advert? You call me caramello koala. Who did the original version of that? Oh, uh, Donovan. Yeah, we, we love Donovan. Yeah, we we stayed in the Joshua Tree Inn once, didn't we? And he oh, ha- he had a place. suite there that he always stayed in, and they've called it the Donovan Suite. I love that place. Yeah, me too. And the next day after we arrived, we nearly died. There was a ghost in the room next to us, vomiting at 2am, having a big party. Thanks a lot, Graham Parsons, for your... And uh, because we were there, he decided to try and kill us the next day in a desert car crash. All these things that Sanya's saying sound like the ramblings of a a mad drunk. They're all true. There was Graham Parsons' ghost in the room next to us. He was vomiting at 2am. Yep, and then we did nearly die the next day. Anyway, Juan's letter... Yes. I thought I'd share my thoughts on marbles, especially since I listened to it two days ago. So it's still somewhat fresh in my mind. Like most Meridian albums, coming to love marbles has been a multi-listen process. I remember my first impressions being generally positive, though nothing stuck out to me beyond the ethereal atmosphere. My fondness for the album... Sorry, I was just scrolling down to see how long this letter was. <laughs> if I needed to take some more breaths. Um, my f- well, you were going to read it all in one breath. That's what I do. I've told you about how I do this. Do you this. do that? No, that's, you said I, you hold your breath while you're doing things. But I, what, I, I am that, doing a thing. I'm reading a letter. So you have to hold your breath for the whole time? No, I was joking. Ah. But I do, I do have an issue of holding my breath. I hold my breath when I sleep. It's called sleep apnea. Okay, hilarious. <laughs> Why do you say it in that way? Don't know. <laughs> not not who's there sleep sleep who sleep apnea jokes I've heard (laughs) (laughs) oh um, so on with Juan's letter my fondness for the album has only grown with each listening listen going into the most recent listen with greater understanding of its themes and perspective definitely helped with that thank you 
that was him saying thank you, but also thank you, Juan. Certain lyrics, I'm scared of who I am, scared of opening the can, really hit close to home for this young man, coming to grips with his anxieties and life as a young adult. But for me, no track encapsulates these thoughts and feelings better than Neverland. Simply put, Neverland destroys me. The music, lyrics and one of H's most emotionally charged performances culminate in a song that speaks to me in a way few have and ever will. All this thematic and lyrical praise isn't to discredit the musical mastery throughout. Tracks like Ocean Cloud, an excellent spiritual sibling to Out of This World, are excellent showcases for the album's atmosphere. Build wonderfully and see the band firing on all cylinders. The vocal harmonies on Angelina are also godly. Approximately, see, I've stopped. <sighs> oh, right. You, you held your breath for that whole time. Well, I wasn't taking, well, I didn't hold my breath. I was talking, but I hadn't. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I've got, I've got. That a, can't be healthy. I've got a waking apnea. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. What? Who's there? Waking. Waking who? Waking up near. <laughs> waking up, up near. Just pathetic. Um, Approximately four listens in, I can confidently say Marbles earns its reputation as one of Merillion's best, although it doesn't quite top Afraid of Sunlight for me. It's an emotional masterpiece that beautifully encapsulates feelings and thoughts lived through by so many. Anyway, this letter has gone on long enough. Oh, I've just seen what he's written at the end. Feel free to cut for time where necessary. Until the next letter, stay well, keep up the good work and enjoy the Meridian Weekend in Poland. Aww. Thank you for your kind wishes, Juan, but we didn't go. We'd stayed here. Mm. That's, um, okay, so I'm starting to see a pattern of the the real life popularity of Neverland. Right. Like genuinely, I, I'm starting to see it in real time, how it's Meridian's most popular song. I'm really curious that Juan, uh, um, there's a piece of dust floating near my face, that Juan um, appreciates Afraid of Sunlight more than Marbles. Slightly Um, more than Marbles. Wow. That is a first. I always thought Marbles was pretty much everyone's, one of everyone's fave. Well, yeah. I think there's an argument to be had. Favorites. And I'm not necessarily saying which side of the argument I come down on, but I think there's an argument to be had that Afraid of Sunlight might be the better album because it's more concise. So are you saying because there are no songs on Afraid of Sunlight that you would cut out, whereas on Marbles you'd cut out Drilling Holes and um, Don't Hurt Yourself? Don't Hurt Yourself. Yeah. That's a good argument. Yeah. That is a good, strong argument. It's an argument that I'd also apply to An Hour Before It's Dark. What do you mean? Are there songs on an hour before it's dark that you'd cut out? No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're definitely There's nothing on. I'll take off that album. So again, is it a better album because of that? Or is it a better album? Yeah, because it's like, well, if there's like two or three songs on there that are your all-time favourite songs, did that does that automatically place it into better album territory? Another way of looking at it is, well what's the sort of mean kind of level of of goodness and yeah. are there higher highs? But if there are lower lows... Then what happens? What happens? Yeah, yeah, you've got to take an average. I wouldn't... Would you say... Would you say that for you, drilling holes and be hard on yourself are lower lows? Than what? Well, than the average. 
Uh, certainly. Be, uh, what did you say? Be hard on yourself. Do you mean don't hurt yourself? I did mean don't hurt yourself. <laughs> I did mean you. I was really confused. <laughs> I did mean don't hurt yourself. I get the names mixed um, up. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah. I think don't hurt yourself is really? a travesty of, of beige. Wow. It absolutely shouldn't be on that album. However, the highs on Marvel marbles are so high for me they're so super high so it's like does that pull the other the songs average up? up it does it does for me right uh, i mean for me i'd just say all the songs the the highs are super super high but i'd say even the songs that aren't your favorites mm. for me are yes are yes. i was gonna say above average but like yeah they're average to above average mm. For Average me, it seems like an insult, and I don't mean it in that it way. Is, it does sound quite. It insulting. does, yeah. I didn't. Think, oh, he's just yeah, no, person. I didn't mean. I don't want it. I didn't mean it in that way. Mm. Oh, well, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to the letter from Charlie Luff, who I don't need to give a nickname, nickname to because the start of his letter is about his nickname. It is. Do you want me to read this, or do you want to read it? It's a long one. I'll read it. Good luck. Okay, Charlie says, first things first, I'm a primary school teacher in Lincolnshire. Oh, we have family up there. Yes, my grandchild. Yeah, we go up there quite a bit yes. now. Oh, the cheese, yum. Anyway. Okay, um, random. <laughs> Lincolnshire cheese um, from the co-op. Uh, anyway, I wrote to you when you were exploring Marillion.com. Paul found my surname amusing. And I didn't escape his determination to give each letter writer a nickname. When I played the, and when I played the extract to my class, they similarly found it funny. <laughs> Why would you do that, Charlie? So the name Mister Luff off 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 has <laughs> stuck for that? some time. Thank you for that. Wow, that's brave. <laughs> that is very brave. Teachers who get, giving their class the opportunity to come up with a nickname. I mean, that is... That's brave. Yeah. My memories of marbles are complicated since my father-in-law had passed away just a few months before and I can't help but be transported back to that when I hear certain songs. Fantastic Place and Genie always contained extra poignancy for me, particularly lyrically. H's ability to say so much in relatively few words, I compared to fish, I think probably, I probably mean often results in some real gems and as such i think he is sometimes overlooked when it comes to his lyrics use of metaphors etc it's definitely a great case that less is more can be related not only to that album but to his writing at some point i do want to do this is people who worry that we're going to run out of eps we're not i do want to do an episode focused on his his writing and the way he writes and compare it to fish I make no bones about the fact that I actually think H is often a better lyricist. Mm. I don't think he's as consistent as Fish. Oh, consistent. Mm. Hmm. Okay, that's something to bookmark for a future episode. Yes. Um, I was first... It was the first of their really deluxe package albums, Black Cases, etc. And although I had been reassured by much of anarachnophobia, the relief that Marillion were back on form was incredible. Their best album since Brave, in my opinion, and produced wonderfully. 
My hidden gem is the only unforgivable thing. Amazing. And I I can even accept the presence of drilling holes. I just don't get what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Angelina, snooze fest oh, on disc two as part of the whole masterpiece. That said, I invariably skip them anyway. Like Paul, I've always found Don't Hurt Yourself to be mediocre, but having listened to you discussing the lyrics, I may be prepared to try it again. Similarly, I remember reading a review at the time that compared You're Gone to mid-80s Simple Minds, and again, reflecting on the lyrics after listening to your discussion has been quite the revelation. It was for me as well. I didn't realise ever how how deep that song goes. I always just sort of wrote it off as a kind of love song. Oh, right. Song. And it's actually, wow, actually, those are some yeah. full-on lyrics. Yeah, that's intense. Like most people, the album's bookends of The Invisible Man and Neverland are just breathtaking. The emotion of H's voice, the solos in Neverland, which always remind me of Comfortably Numb in terms of the anticipation just seconds before Brothers Let's Rip, just blow me away every time. And that lyric that Paul said meant so much to him in times of trouble, I want to be someone who someone would want to be is one of the cleverest, most heartfelt lines in their whole canon. Years ago, when writing a blog for a head teacher qualification I was doing, I used that line to demonstrate my moral purpose. Slightly shoehorned in, I accept, but I still did it. So much meaning in just a few words. Anyway, I'm rambling as ever, so I will leave it there. Keep up the good work with Biampod. <laughs> Always starts my week off well. All the well. All the best, Charlie. Love, Thank you for that, Charlie. Um, yeah, it's it's it sounds like we're sort of very much on the same page, but it, it also shows that I think you're right that H is is often undervalued as a lyricist when he's absolutely at his best. I don't think there's anyone that touches him. Mm. I just think he's incredible and deeply kind of underappreciated because. Fish was so wordy. Underappreciated by whom? Well, for a start, the fish hardcore. You know, I think I think a lot of them just kind of go, well, fish was the poet. But no, fish was a freaking thesaurus addict. <laughs> thesaurus addict. <laughs> I use one word when, you know, 50 will suffice. <laughs> um, and that's not. At the same time, you know, I think particularly by misplaced childhood, Fisher found himself as a lyricist. The lyrics on that album are, are brilliant because they're more direct. Mm. Fish, when he's being direct, is great. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it probably took him a couple of albums to get there. Fugazi's Jesus. Uh, you know, yes, there were drugs floating around during the making of that album, and my God, do those lyrics reflect it. Yeah. But I think he was by by misplaced and clutching. He he had found a a way of writing that kind of married his use of language to not hitting people over the head with it. Mm. Whereas H has always been more direct, but also is in that is able to kind of pull out a gorgeous metaphor that you just don't see. But he's direct, and but he's also very indirect. Yes, as we are discovering. But yeah. what I mean, I don't mean direct in terms of sort of sharing the emotions. I mean direct in in his use of language. 
Oh, know, right. Will, like using fewer words. Yeah. You know, and also compare H to John Helmer, who has that sort of slightly gothic wordiness. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm talking about purity use of language, not subject matter or or maybe how you hide the, the emotions or whatever in there. Uh, but H does also have a tendency sometimes to be a little bit root one, I guess, a bit kind of obvious sometimes, just sometimes. Mm. What do you mean? Can you give an example? Um, yeah, Be Hard On Yourself. I love it as a song. I think there was perhaps a cleverer way of writing that song. Right. <laughs> um, it, it's, yeah, but maybe the subject matter needs a kind of direct yes. approach. Don't yeah. know. I, I'm just throwing it out there. That was the first one that came to mind. Right. Uh, and also you can't really sort of say that something like no one can is a particularly clever lyric. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be. You know, sometimes... No, I agree. Sometimes simple, straightforward lyrics are the best for the the song. Yeah, that's true. For this situation, anyway, we'll save it for another. Episode. Yeah, we'll save that for an episode about that topic. Next letter is from Jess in Manchester. Jess in Manchester. What can I do with that? People not giving me their surname. Jess really. Chester. Jess Chester. What? Man, I was man, Manchester, yeah, man, Manchester, Manchester, Manchester. <laughs> okay, the Manchester, the Manchester I Jess from Jess Manchester. Is female. Well, okay, sorry. If Jess, female Jess, had been kind enough to give me a surname Fee-man-gest- to play Manchester. I'm sorry. Well, we don't know. We don't know if it's. I know both male and female Jesses. And also, you know, could be non-binary, could be... That's true. So... So let's stay away from... (sighs) I'm just going to read Jess's letter. Brixton Jess, there we go. Brixton Jess, there we go. That would have solved the whole issue. We got it. Uh, Jess loves listening to the pod and discussing episodes and albums with my dad, a veteran Meridian fan. That's nice. Um, I was the ripe old age of 10 when Marbles came out. So Jess is now, what, 28? Oh. 20, yeah, 28. That was good maths, wasn't it? Yeah, I distinctly remember feeling puzzled that an old band like Meridian could make music that sounded so fresh and the novelty of watching the music video for You're Gone Online. Online in italics, because it was a new thing then. Marbles was played constantly by my parents through the mid-2000s, while well, you'd be able to share uh, scars with my kids. So I absorbed the album primarily as a dreamy, melancholy soundtrack to a rainy car journey and Sunday tea times. I recently listened to Marbles with grown-up ears for the first time. The fun, innocent songs about genies, marbles and seafaring adventures I remembered as a child have transformed. Hearing the pain and yearning of adult relationships and the resentment of adult responsibilities wrapped up in the familiar melodies struck an unexpectedly deep chord with me. The album has gotten under my skin over the past few weeks during a rough patch of my life. Though it's been emotional, I think the reminder to not hurt oneself has really helped me through. On a lighter note, I also enjoyed reading the lyrics and realising how many words I have misheard and confidently sung along to over the years, especially on You're Gone. Oh, I'd love to know. I uh, would love to know. 
I love misheard lyrics. The last straw don't hurt explicit PS. The last straw don't hurt yourself for absolute bangers. I love beige Rillion. <laughs> <laughs> the last straw's all right. I don't, I don't I don't hate the last straw. Anyway, um I hope I hope things improve for you, Jess. Yes. Um, and uh, sorry for saying you're a man jester. <laughs> Brixton Jess is a really cool nickname. Yes, it is. In contrast. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, that hopefully will make up for the Manchester. We had, we did have, we had uh, my daughter Haley on the podcast, didn't we? Yes, yeah. She we talked did. a little bit. She read some letters. She did. That's that was right. Probably that the was last our last time. letters page. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, maybe we should make it a, a thing. Uh, children on on the podcast whenever yeah. we do letters. Yes, we should. Whether it's letters and being written or letters being read. I out. would like to make a proposal for once we've gone through all the albums yeah a letters page i hope that someone reminds us of this when we get to that time a letters page where people write in misheard lyrics misheard meridian yes. lyrics that they I have, have experienced i have one have you when i first heard white russian mm. i think i may have mentioned this before on the podcast because I didn't really know what it was about. I I assumed it was like to do with World War Two or something like that because it sort of mentioned mentioned Nazis. The line we f- buy fresh bagels from the corner store where swastikas are spat from aerosols. Mm. That's a good lyric. Sorry. Yeah, I told you it was yeah, great that's by really by then. Good yeah, imagery. Yeah, it is a good lyric. Bagels I misheard as biggles, which <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't know what, what bagels were. What does that were. even mean? <laughs> You didn't know what bagels are. No, we didn't really get bagels You're in the UK. You're always eating bagels. Well, I am now. Yes, it's a different time. Back in 1987, we didn't really get bagels. Wow. Uh, certainly not around these parts. Uh, and But I had heard of the fictional character Biggles, who was a World War II fighter pilot. Oh, um, And in my okay. head, oh, we're buying you Biggles to fight the Nazis. <laughs> I know it's really convoluted and doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But, you know, I was 16, so sue me. <laughs> okay, we'll let it pass. Yeah. We buy fresh bagels from a corner store. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I just noticed that was the Wurzels were still open on a tab in my, <laughs> Help us my laptop. Okay, so uh, last letter. Um, why don't we read this together? I'll read the extracts. Okay. And you read, read the letter. I'll read the letter so- part. All right. Our next letter is from Simon Lee Tranter. Did we ever come up with a name for him? Has he written in before? He has. Did you not come up with a nickname? You must have. SLT. NFT. NFT. (laughs) Okay, NFT says, I've just finished reading the excellent autobiography of national poetic treasure, Dr. John Cooper Clark. It's a hugely entertaining and amusing read, full of great anecdotes, sardonic asides, and his unique brand of wordplay. Why am I telling you this? Well, Marillion pop up a couple of times in the book. As he mentioned in the excellent interview you did with him last year, Marillion manager John Arneson also used to manage the career of John Cooper Clark, and the two acts ended up playing on the same bill. As you can imagine from a dyed-in-the-wool anti-establishment counterculture punk poet like Clark, he considers 
Prague to be the spawn of Satan. And so his comments about Marillion aren't wholly complimentary. Still, I thought you'd be interested and amused to read these passages. I will read these passages and I have some things to say about John Cooper Clark afterwards. Anyway, chapter 54. I don't know. Are we allowed to read out the whole thing? doesn't really matter, does it? Well, it's like, quote, it's a big quote. You're allowed to give quotes, aren't you? Okay. It's not plagiarism. You're not saying it's your work. Okay. Chapter 54, 1981. At some point soon thereafter, I could do it in John Cooper Clark's. He's a man. He's Mancunian, I think. Clark Chester. (laughs) What? He's John Cooper Clark Chester. Jess Chester, Clark Chester, Manchester. I know, yeah, I know what you're doing. I don't know why you're doing it, because he's not a letter writer, so he doesn't need a nickname. Oh, he's a book writer. Oh, he's from Salford. Yeah, he's a, he's a Mancunian. Yeah, at some point soon thereafter. Sorry to any of <laughs> <laughs> Mancunian listeners. That was awful. That was awful. <laughs> it's better than your Australian accent, so, you know. At some point soon thereafter, I've also found a professional manager. Although I still relied on Martin Hannett to drive me to and from gigs, any meaningful relationship with rabid management was now non-existent. On the recommendation of Judy Totten and Martin, therefore, I placed my affairs in the hands of a fellow called John Arneson. Arneson had worked with Status Quo, Rory Gallagher, Aswad and Penetration featuring featuring Pauline Murray, a mixed bag that seemed to favour the heavier side of rock. Indeed, when I met him, he was managing a heavy metal group from Barnsley called Saxon. Back in Manchester, I'd often clocked their double crown Dayglow posters advertising gigs in the largest halls available. And this impressed the fuck out of me. Heavy metal was never my cup of tea, but it wasn't going to go away. You can't knock success. Generically, it is beyond fashion. Since its invention at the end of the late 60s British blues boom, it's had millions of fans worldwide and each generation adds to their legions. I figured if John Arneson was dealing with the hyper-hyped affairs of the mainstream rockers, well, I'll have some of that. After all, punk took its time to reach even the provinces of the UK, never mind the States. In May, Me and My Big Mouth, a sort of best-of album, was released with little fanfare from Epic and I went on the road for a one-off appearance with the Invisible Girls, which saw us back at the Friars Club in Aylesbury, this time supported by Caledonian rockers The Scars, Way of the West, Art Nouveau, and a local third-generation prog rock group called Marillion. Nice lads, terrible music. They were what I imagined Genesis were like, although how would I know anything about Genesis? A band so awful that I made a point of honour to remain ignorant of their oeuvre, a state of affairs that prevails to this day. Wow. Chapter 57, 1983. By this time, John Arneson and I had called it a day, and I was ploughing my own lonely furrow once again. John had become Marillion's manager in 1982. He must have come across them the previous year when they'd appeared as my support of Friars in Aylesbury. To think that I had a hand in launching the awful Marillion onto the public. Wow, that's so mean. Then again, maybe that's the only favour I ever did, John Arneson. I mean, I fucking hate that sort of music, but there's a fuck of a lot of people who disagree with me. Marillion got a major record deal and sold a few million more records than I did. John must have made a few bob out of that signing at least. And when they started to get big and were sending out major tours all over the globe, I guess he realised he just didn't need my kind of earache. 
I can't blame him for jumping at the main chance and getting out of my orbit as soon as he possibly could. To be honest, now that I was taking care of two habits, things had got a bit out of hand. My demands for money were unfeasible. I was on, always on at him to get me a fucking advance. It must have been awful for him. He didn't have any experience working with junkies. Who did back then? Obviously, he could only do so much, but I bombarded him with all manner of ultimatums, including threats to pull gigs, and eventually he called it down. It was that or a nervous breakdown, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. After me, Meridian must have seemed like a doddle. They were real ale types, easily sorted out. Well, that's your lot. It's a shame Clark hasn't crossed paths with Marillion in more recent years. I'm sure he'd be impressed by H's punk credentials. <laughs> Warm regards and best wishes to you both and the Anchor Draggers, which one of them has just started They've started their dragging anchor. their anchor. Yeah, they've woken up. Yeah. It's Bank Holiday Monday. And, and yeah. They've got their Bank Holiday Monday Anchors. Mayday Anchor. Mayday Anchor. Um I uh that uh, what I can say about that is that reaffirms my belief that I've long had that John Cooper Clark is a dickhead. <gasps> what makes you say that? I've never liked him. Sorry. Really? I'm, look, he's he's Do you like his work though? No. Oh, you I've don't. never even liked his stuff. I always thought he was horribly overrated. I I look I don't much like poetry anyway. Um, and I always felt he was overrated because he was the punk poet. And it's that in that same way, the punk... <sighs> There's a certain type of music, isn't there, that is kind of considered cool. We're back here to this. We've had this whole cool thing. You know, people like John Cooper Clark, bands like The Fall, you know, that music journalists would bend over backwards to suck off frankly excuse my french uh and then marillion would get all the grief you know and you were considered uncool those bands were considered uncool you know these bands over here are considered cool right Mm -hmm. and often those bands would make a tuneless bloody racket that you know made most toys or drilling holes sound like (laughs) you know a symphony uh, and, you know, but because they would sing about things a little bit edgy, because they would sing about stuff in a tuneless way or at a, I don't know, I just hate it. And I, that was what I always, always hated about John Cooper Clark. You know, he's a punk, always oh, got, he wears sunglasses and always oh, got spiky hair. Oh, and he wears leather. Oh, isn't he, isn't he alternative and cool? You know, and he says it himself there. He didn't even listen to Genesis because yeah, he knew nothing about Genesis because they, he had decided they were awful. He had been told they were awful. Or they were in, they had been placed in an uncool genre. Exactly. So he didn't even want to give them the time of day. It's so affected, all of that. You know, it's it's so, you know, these people are often seen as sort of not giving a shit and not caring. And, you know, that's what is cool about them. But in fact, it, it it's just a persona. You know, as much as any rock star. You know, that, to dress up like that. I remember years ago, I may have even said this on the podcast, years ago, I sat opposite this girl on a train once and she had piercings, like kind of a lot of piercings all over her face and was, I suppose, what would have been called another era of punk. Uh, and she spent the journey looking at me kind of uh, in a kind of, well, you know, freaked out by me kind of way Mm. Uh, and I just thought no I'm not 
you know, because you've chosen to look like this for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, same as, anyway, I don't know, I'm going off a Well, no, tangent. finish your thought. No, it's it's just, you know, and that was what I always felt about John Cooper Clark. That that absolutely does not, you know, that extra. So what you're saying, you're feel, are you are you saying you feel that, this whole persona is just kind of like a mask for him. Like, a, of course it is. We all um, will have them, or have had like a them, costume you know. he's wearing. It's not necessarily, yeah, but, his but real self. It is comes that what you back mean? to that that episode that we did really early on when we talked about bands that were cool and bands that weren't cool. I mean, yes, you decided Iron that Maiden. Iron Maiden was cool, and it's yeah. not. They're not. They were never considered cool ever. Okay. And the music press, the who are the ones that decide what's cool and what isn't cool, or the media or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Marillion were always placed in the uncool bracket, right? At, along with most heavy metal bands, you know, except there are degrees of it. Marillion are on the far extreme of uncool. Do you think <laughs> H calling himself um, a punk is his attempt at trying to make? I don't more know cool? why he does that. I don't know why he does that. There's nothing punk about H. But also, if you are a punk, it comes back to, you know, John Cooper Clark, the punk poet. You know, this girl on the train who, I am a punk. You're going to, look, are you not a bit freaked out by me? And it's, it's, and I'm not knocking people who want to dress like that or have piercings or whatever. I'm not knocking them at all. But it's, it, what annoys me is the fact that that sort of thing or that, that affected persona is considered cool when, being in a prog band isn't, you know. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're sort of going like, why? Why is that considered more Why? Worthy? Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> more more likeable, more worthy. Or, or more, of- it's more, it's not more likeable, it's more like uh, socially acceptable to like. Or it's more, I'm trying to, I'm lost for words, but it's more kind of looked up to, like, it's more ideal it's more cool, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. <laughs> but I'm trying to find a different way of saying it. Uh, yeah, interesting. Well, it is it is. A few years ago, there was a fashion trend called normcore. Yeah. Where it was like really normal, bland clothes became cool. Yeah. For a while. But So, but, you know, it just changes with the times. But this is it. We all make choices of how to present ourselves to the world. Mm. Um. I don't know. I just don't, I've never understood it because I never felt I did anything ever that fit into that cool bracket. Right. I never liked things that were considered cool. Yes. You know, the socially acceptable things. At school, you know, even at school, things like, okay, you it, was, it wasn't cool, but it was socially acceptable to like sport. It was socially unacceptable to like Star Wars. <laughs> you know, but you, isn't you're it, allowed. But isn't it kind of like, I don't know if the word, if this is the right word, isn't it like an oxymoron to say punk is socially acceptable? It, it's like they're no. literally okay, going against. That, that's different. <laughs> that's no, that's different. But that's different to say to something like football, which is socially yes, acceptable. Yes, yeah. Well, you true, know, or considered true. kind of, you know, you don't laugh at someone because they're into football. You don't laugh at someone for being obsessed about stats or collecting, you know, stickers. You know, that doesn't get laughed at. Mm. or mocked yeah. or whatever, you know. And uh, whereas you would for liking Marillion at school, for instance, you know. Um, but punk, yes, was anti-establishment. But even mm. that, 
you know, and and it's not socially acceptable in the wider sense, but certainly in terms of sort of the music press or whatever. Right. The music press love punk. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was considered exciting and okay, it's long overdue, this whole idea that they killed prog. Punk killed prog. You know, uh, killed off all these other bands, you know, and so you sort of saw a lot of those bands try to embrace a bit of that and re- reinvent themselves. Well, the even prog though, bands. Yeah, even mm. though punk really lasted, like, you know, at its height, sort of year and a half to two years. Is that all? Yeah, it did have, of course, a massive cultural impact. Yes, it did, yeah. Yeah, enormous. I mean, don't, you know, also, I'm not an expert on this. You know, I know this, nothing uh, about punk. Well, what Music. I know about John Cooper Clark is that it'd crop up on sort of late night Channel 4 shows, the same sort of late night Channel 4 shows that would take the piss out of, you know, Channel 4 comedy shows that mm. would then also take the piss out of bands like Marillion. Right. You know, it's in, so I've always had a thing against him, right. unfortunately. Um, yeah, well, I mean, fair enough. And when he was on there, I never saw the appeal. I never saw the appeal of him. Like, he'd come out in his skinny leather trousers with his sunglasses on and, you know, drawl his poetry that I never related to. And it's like, you know, and also it's So just, he wasn't a musician. He no, was literally, literally a, poet. A, a real poet. Yeah, comedy punk poet. Right. And I, I, mean, not, I guess... Like, music's not a real poet. What I meant was like a non-musical poet. Also, as well, anyone who takes the piss out of what people like, fuck you. Sorry. You know, okay, so some of us like other stuff that you don't like or you've considered as shit, you know, without even listening to it. Fuck off, John Cooper Clark and your ilk. You yeah. tell him. Yeah, sorry. I know, you know, and all but those... The thing is, though, he's... Okay, like, I know, fair enough, but he's judging it with in complete ignorance. He's never listened to any exactly. of Exactly. So, okay, but no, that's cool, isn't it? Because just to, just to jump on that that bandwagon... Which is very unpunk to jump on a bandwagon, Exactly. Isn't it? This is my point. This is exactly my point. Is it punk to kind of go, I'm a punk and I've dressed up like a punk? Yo, look at me. I'm, I'm doing the punk thing. You're sheep. <laughs> Paul... We saw a punk last week in Camden, you and I. I don't Did know if you we? saw him. He had like the full mohawk. Oh, I missed to him. To be a punk now, I that's punk. punk. I had not seen one since the late 80s when the boy Ben Webb, who used to sit next to me in class, he used to always draw punks and he was very good at drawing punks. And that was his main thing was drawing punks. <laughs> Occasionally you'd see them around the streets and uh, then they just disappeared. Yeah, the lost generation. Anyway, this punk. There was this was the proper proper nineteen seventies punk. The other Aww, day we saw multicolored multicolored mohawk. No way. Anyway, uh, yeah, he was he was right near us. My, but that's quite punk to be a punk now. You yeah. Know? <laughs> oh, like, it is. Yeah. At the time, they will just jump on a bandwagon. Let's face it. You know, it's just another fashion, like any fashion. And sorry, ultimately, no fashion, no bandwagon, no fad or whatever is any more cool and if you care about what's cool and what isn't you're a twat <laughs> yeah if you care about oh the thing i'm doing has more worth than the thing those marillion fans are doing or those genesis fans or whatever it has more worth than them because they like a thing that i have and my ilk have decided is shit fuck off put all those people in a bloody crater and fill it in crater yeah, that's, that's the first thing. It's a very unusual thing to choose. Anyway, whatever. 
We've, we're not having another so episode. We've, and we haven't had a Paul Rose rant for a long time on this podcast. Weeks, if not months by now. Yeah. Um, and it was long overdue. So thank you. Thank you, NFT, uh, Simon, Simon NFT, NFT for, <laughs> for <laughs> inspiring this Paul Rose rant today against punks. <laughs> of all things. <laughs> no, not all punks, just one punk. No, all punks as well. Oh, all punks. Oh. So, well, you but you just said the punk in Camden the other day. Okay, old punks. Whatever, twats. Make up I'm your just mind. random against twats. Uh, <laughs> right, that's enough for this week. Um, we're going to do a bonus episode where we're talking about some fish stuff. Ooh. If you want to hear it, uh, you can join our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Mr. Biffo for as little as one pound a month. Oh, that's very affordable. Isn't it just? There are other tiers at other prices that entitle you to other benefits, most of which Meridian fans will be will uninterested. Not, will not want. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. Well, next week, we're probably going to do some more Barbels letters and have other rants about things. Uh, week after that... Mm, oh, you're already planning uh, more rants. Uh, oh, I don't know. Week after that, it's not Leicester, is it? But we're coming up to Leicester soon, the Leicester Meridian weekend. Yeah, where we will Leicester be, is more. We're actually going to be recording in Leicester to Fine, give a ignore my good pun. What did you say? Leicester is more. Oh, I see. Very good. Right. Um, we're not going to record the bonus set right away because the anchors have, have emerged... Mm-hmm. If they're going Mayday out, anchors. if they're going out, maybe we'll Mayday, Mayday. There's some anchors. She's talking over me again. Right, we'll see you next week. Talk to you next week. Right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye.